Romans chapter 1, let's read verse 24. The Bible says there, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. There's a lot more. I won't read it tonight, but, but we'll just get into this. Uh, let's pray. Lord, help us now. I pray you'd bless your word. I pray we'd hear what the Spirit of God has tonight to say to us. Warn us, Lord, and help the warning to be received. And not only ourselves, but about our loved ones and those around us. Help us, Lord, not to be ignorant of the devil's devices and, and the road to hell and how, uh, Lord, we ought to know the signals and the signs and we ought to pay attention to the warnings along the way. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> That's what this is. In Romans chapter 1, it's the road to hell and destruction. And I'll say it at the end, but I'm going to say it right now. This is not a study of some past generation that happened. We, the way we say this a lot of times, we talk about it as if it's something that happened in the past and it's just a, a thing in history that we're studying about. No, that's not what this is. No. This is contemporary. I mean, this is for every person, every one of us here, every person who ever lived in any generation went to hell by this road. It's the, it's the way down. It's the way away from God, down, down to destruction of your life, and then eternity in hell. That's what this <laughs> is. It follows, every person follows this road. And this is the broad road that leads to destruction. So first thing he says there is wherefore. That's a conjunction. It connects what happened, what he said before this to what he's uh, getting ready to say here. Wherefore? Well, we just got done talking about professing themselves to be wise. They became fools and their foolish heart was darkened. Wherefore? God turned them over. He gave them up. He gave them over. Because why did he do it? Well, because they had abandoned God. Then they had dishonored God and degraded God. And then it became vain in their imaginations and their hearts and their foolish heart was darkened. And then they professed themselves to be wise. All of that happened. Wherefore, God gave them up. He gave them up because they did that. You know, I, I've repeated this a lot, but they, they knew God, but they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You see? Yep. Yep. Wherefore, he gave them up. Because they had abandoned God, he abandoned them. Because they dishonored God, he turned them over to uncleanness that they might dishonor themselves. God withdraws from them that they may dishonor themselves and be proven to be fools. This is the well-traveled broad road to hell and destruction that, hum that the human race has followed since the first sin committed by man. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. Bible says, And the Lord said, this is in the days of Noah, He said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. All right, my spirit shall not always strive with man. That's another uh, <clears throat> truth of God that goes to all generations. Do you think that, that God will just deal with you forever? 
Do you think there's no end that God will never stop speaking to you, convicting you, drawing you? Well, if you think that, you're dead wrong. According to what we just read here, God gave them up. And he's not talking about any person in particular. He's talking, this is the way it works. You turn away from God, there's a point where he's going to just turn away from you. He's just going to turn you loose. And that's what we're going to talk about here tonight. You better watch yourself because there's a point where God stops dealing with you about your sin and your foolishness and your rebellion. There is. You better watch it. Today, if you hear his voice. Not when. If you hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. The Bible says that repeatedly. If you hear his voice, you better be glad God's still speaking to you. Our world celebrates this with all this coming out. They celebrate the fact that, that they've got God off of their back. <laughs> they, they come out as sodomites. They come out as transgenders. They come out as atheists or agnostics. And what they're saying by this, what are, let me ask, what are they saying by this other than that they don't feel any restraint or condemnation for it anymore? Isn't that what they're saying? They come out and say, I'm okay with this and you ought to be too. <coughs> I don't feel any condemnation about this. I'm okay. Why would they feel that way about doing something that is absolutely contrary to the Word of God? What God says is an abomination. And they say they're okay with it. Well, it's simply this. God has turned them over. He's gave them up. They don't hear God's voice anymore. The Spirit of God does not strive with them anymore. They are turned over to their lust, to uncleanness through their lust. Say, so how can they? They don't hear God's voice anymore. Their conscience is seared. They've silenced their conscience and they've silenced the voice of God. <clears throat> Woe unto those people who celebrate the fact that God's Spirit doesn't bother them anymore. About their uncleanness about their vile affections and about their and and their mind that operates without any influence from God. That's what a reprobate mind is. How many reprobates you think there are? Mind, a mind that operates without any influence from God. That's a reprobate mind. A mind that doesn't receive anything from God. God also gave them up. They gave up God. And he eventually gave them up. That's just how it works. You turn away from God, and eventually, he's just going to turn away from you. A lot of people won't agree with this. They think God's just loving and kind and ever merciful, and it never wears out, and it never... But there's a reason for this truth. And, and you'll understand it if you'll listen to the whole thing here tonight of what I've got to say. They turn loose of God. And he turned away. And, and then they turned away from him. They knew God, but they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. They turned away from God. I told you when we talked about all that, if God's not enough for you, if he can't answer your questions, if he doesn't satisfy your soul, 
and he doesn't give you peace and all of that, then, <clears throat> then you have turned away from God. You're not glorifying God. It's God. That's right. It's not God, that God drives them to uncleanness or vile affections or a reprobate mind. It's not like God just shoves them. It's not like that at all. He just turns loose. God, but it's more than just uh, abstention. It's not like that God just leaves them alone and just ignores it all. God does something positively. He withdraws His hand. Yes, He does. All right, now listen to me. That speaks of a force removed. Did you ever read in your Bible about He who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. There's a restraining power of God on anyone who still listens to him, who still regards him, who still receives, will listen. There's a thing that happens when you shut the door and say no. <laughs> I can tell you all kinds of stories I've read through the years of people who did just that. They just said no to God for the last time. I've seen it. I've seen it happen in people. I've seen them come to church and sit in a pew and weep and grip the pew and refuse to come to the altar or come or acknowledge their trouble and seek the Lord. I mean, it was obvious that the Spirit of God was dealing with them powerfully and then see them the next time and they're cold as an ice cube. And nothing touches them then. It speaks of a force removed. It's like a doctor who simply just puts away his instruments and retires from a patient who repeatedly ignores his instructions and refuses his treatments. I feel, you know, I, you know how I feel about doctors and all that. But if you're not going to do what he says, why are you bothering him? Exactly. If you're, if you're car is broke or something and you bring it to me and ask me to fix it and I tell you what's wrong with it but you don't trust me and you don't believe me and you won't let me fix it why then I say why are you bothering me you know if I tell you if you keep doing this that you're going to tear it up and you just keep doing it why would you want me to fix it then when it's broke <laughs> I don't blame a doctor if he just says, get out of here. No, why are you going to come see me if you ain't going to take the medicine I give you? And if you won't do what I tell you, then leave me alone. You want me to heal you? You want me to help you? <coughs> and you want me to make everything okay, but you won't do nothing I say? It's <coughs> kind of what God does. That leaves the patient to suffer the full force of his disease or injury unchecked until it cripples him for life or kills him. It's like cutting the chain that holds the ship to its mooring to let it go where the wind and the current take it with no control or direction. That's what God does. He gave them up. Just cut them loose. Let them go. Where's, where are they going to go? 
Well, they're going to go where their lust, the wind of their lust blows them. Where the current of their lust carries them. It's like knocking the scotch out from under the wheel of a truck that's parked on a hill. What'll happen? He's going to go right down the hill fast and crash somewhere. The restraining power of God's influence keeps us from doing the worst. Everybody talks about, well, we sin all the time. We sin all the time. Oh, there's a difference. There's a difference there. You know, and I'm not making light of sin, but there's a difference in losing your temper a little bit or, you know, being impatient or something like that. And the rest, and where these people go, or where you will go when God gives you up. I don't know if that helped me or not. Right. <clears throat> he gave them up to uncleanness. There's the holy and there's the profane. I preached quite a bit about that. There's the clean and the unclean. There's a difference. And the duty of the priests and the prophets in the Old Testament and still the duty of the teachers and preachers, pastors and evangelists and everybody else in the church is to teach the people of God the difference between the holy and the profane and the clean and the unclean. God set everything up that way. I was reading today about all these unclean animals in the Bible. You know, back in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, it talks about, I mean, it's very specific about what's clean and what's unclean. (coughs) You know, we were talking about them rabbits last night. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth's rabbits eating each other and all of that. Well, a rabbit's an unclean animal. A cow's not an unclean animal. Did you ever hear of a cow eating its babies? I wonder why they don't get a deficiency in something. Well, that's the world's wisdom. It's an unclean animal. Unclean animals do unclean things. Unclean people do unclean things. Uncleanness. Profanity. Profane is common or unclean. That's what it means. They're the holy and the clean are given up by those who are under the control of their lusts. God gives them up to uncleanness. Then nothing's holy, nothing's sacred, nothing's clean. It's all just the same. I mean, it don't matter if it's a man or a woman. No matter if it's clean or unclean. Right? That's unclean. Nothing matters. There's no difference. The idea of anything holy is meaningless to a person who's living unbridled according to their lust. There's no such thing to them as holy. Marriage is not holy. Nothing's holy. (coughs) Church is not holy. God's not holy. What have these, this kind of person, what have they done with God? They've dishonored Him. They've degraded Him to, into an image likened to corruptible man. They think God's just like them. 
The idea of uncleanness has no significance to a person who has nothing to aspire to except the gratification of their lusts. <clears throat> they don't think about it. <coughs> Everything becomes common and nothing is special or sacred or holy or pure. That's why the world shacks instead of getting married. That's why they belittle marriage and they think nothing of it. They don't even think of it they don't even not think of it as holy. They don't think they think of it negatively. And it's been that way for years. We all laughed about it. While they degraded marriage into something unholy and undesirable and really miserable. And then everybody wonders why most people don't even get married anymore. What are these young people growing up among us now? What do they think of marriage? Well, it just depends on how the people of God they're with look at it and how the people of God look at everything else. Unclean or clean? Holy or profane? There's a difference. But now you're mocked. You're made fun of. You're called a holy roller. You think you're better than everybody else. And all of this, just because you make a difference between what's clean and unclean. And what's holy and unholy. That there's things that are right and that are good and that are set in order by God. That are holy, like marriage. Between a man and a woman. Now the only ones who want to get married are sodomites. It's real clear to me. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Under the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. There you go. And the next verse says they profess that they know God. People whose mind and conscience are defiled and to whom nothing is pure or clean or holy, they profess they know God. But in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. <laughs> Talking about the same road. Humans become animals, and animals become humans. The Bible says in Psalm 49, verse 20, Man that is in honor, that is in honor, and understandeth not, is like the beasts that perish. <coughs> Think about that a minute. That is absolutely true. They'd sooner kiss a dog as a baby. They'll share their bed, their spoon, their fork, their plate with a dog that just licked his hind end. And not think a thing about it. They lose all their common sense about defilement, pollution, contamination of what goes in their mouth their ears, their mind, and their soul. God gave them up to uncleanness. So they're unclean. And everything about them is unclean. To to them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. It's all the same. It's all the same. An animal is just like a human. No difference. (laughs) Got to be something wrong with your mind when you get to that point. Them chickens tell you that, don't they? 
So about that, then told Livy, them chickens need their own house. I remember Ron Carter telling him one time, said he had some relatives. And he said, uh, he went there to visit them one time, and he said, it's summertime, and he said, when they got uneaten, they just turned the chickens loose in the house, and they was all over the table just eating all the food. He said, you don't know what they did for a living? I said, what? And he said, they run a restaurant. True story. But are you aware that there are people that don't think anything bad stuff like that? Yes, unclean. Why are we having diseases that is popping up everywhere now that had disappeared? I mean, yeah. (laughs) You know, I've said it before, but when Moses... And the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they went out and they conquered these people and they come back and, and they had all the stuff that they'd got from those people of the land. And Moses said, whoa, what in the world do you think you're doing? You're not bringing that stuff into the camp. And anything, everything had to pass through the fire. Well, what's that about? Sanitation. Sanitation. Way back in when they supposedly didn't know nothing about germs or Anything like that. What couldn't abide the fire had to go through the water before it could be brought in to the camp. It's filthy. It's unclean because of what those people were doing and the way they lived and everything they had and every, every one of them and their animals and everything they had was contaminated and filthy. And if they brought it in among us, then we're going to get, we're going to be unclean and we're going to be defiled and we're going to get sick and die. But it gets to the point where it don't even matter. I'll tell you something. I really believe this. If we knew even 10% of what went on in the restaurants around here, you wouldn't eat there. If we knew what was in the food we buy in them cans at the store. And if you knew what was in that bottle that you turned up and drank or that can, people make fun of me because I won't drink out of a can. It's, i got to pour it in a glass where I can see what's in there. <clears throat> There's all kinds of stuff in there. You might find a mouse. You might find a frog. <clears throat> I remember Dwight Parker, we went to Mexico and and all the warnings you know about it. You know, oh, be careful. But everything's filthy down there. And blah, blah, blah. And you got to watch that soda because they got, you know, and, and old Dwight, wouldn't you know? I mean, he got a bottle of soda. And there was an old soda cap in the bottle of the, in the bottom of the bottle inside. We had glass bottles back then down there, see. Now, he found it, yeah. Everything's unclean. I know that. We're living in an unclean world. And even more so in this generation Everybody talks about washing their hands. And we got all the government health department and everybody watching to make sure everything's done right. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We had to store them. They'd come in there and mess with us. And we didn't hardly do anything. We didn't cook or nothing. I mean, we had a deli and we had a had that dry, uh, bulk food. <coughs> but I remember looking on the Butler County website, on the Butler County Health Department website, and you can read some of the reports. Well, one of the Mexican restaurants down there, they got tagged for a, 
One of them was a plunger stored above the food preparation area. <laughs> Boy, you like them fajitas, though, don't you? Yeah. That salsa and them chips and, and open containers in the refrigerator. That's common. They don't throw nothing away. I know them. You just... Uh, Well, it ain't a laughing matter, really. Let me get back where I was here. <laughs> they lose all their common sense. When God gives them up to uncleanness, they lose all their common sense about defilement and pollution and dirty stuff, contamination and what goes in their mouth, their ears, and in their mind and their soul. We watch these little ones. And you know, we're aghast at the things they do sometimes because they don't have any idea of good and evil yet. They don't have any idea of clean and unclean. That's why they'll eat something right off the floor or anywhere else. Everything goes right in their mouth. It's just the nature of a child. <clears throat> but when they do start be getting a little sense about them and they start realizing some things, you won't be able to do that with them. Just in a short time, they ain't going to touch that. I guarantee Dorothy won't. You got to be careful. <clears throat> I mean, she she's watching now. You ain't going to give me nothing nasty to put in my mouth. <laughs> See? Just like, just like an animal will lick up the dirt with the food and they devour whatever's before them without any concern at all. Did you ever watch a dog do that? I mean, yes. you, just throw, you can throw it right in the dirt and he'll just eat the dirt and everything. Yes. People with an unclean spirit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just start looking for that spirit in the Bible. That's the one that's most mentioned in the Bible, that unclean spirit. Yeah. People with an unclean spirit do the same thing. You say, ah, oh, they wouldn't eat right out of the dirt. <laughs> they do worse. <laughs> If people knew, I mean, if they would publicize for everybody to know what these perverts and sodomites and all of them do, people would be against them. But they hide that, see. And like everything else, pretend that it's something else, but it's not. So just like an animal, they'll lick up anything. They'll just swallow it right down. They'll listen to whatever the world or the vile people around them say. They'll watch whatever's before their eyes. I don't... I won't stay around. If you're going to talk filthy, if you're going to be dirty, I'll just get away from you. That's right. Yes. Romans 1 verse 32, last thing in the, this chapter, it says, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They like to watch them do it. Well, we've got generations now that have listened and watched crime, show, murder, yes. uh, and then immorality, <laughs> adultery, and fornication, and it's been the entertainment. It's the staple of entertainment. It's the theme of all the music. No matter what kind of music you like there, that's the theme. 
drinking and drunkenness and adultery and fornication or murder. Some people listen to bluegrass. Do you ever listen to any of those old bluegrass songs? I mean, they cut her head off and floated her body down the river and I don't know what all. I mean, yeah, they got terrible lyrics in them things. <laughs> Through the lust of their own hearts. Two, dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. Lusts are like the current of the river that carries you eventually. Where does it go? All rivers lead to the sea. Do you know what the sea is called? What do they call the deep part of the sea? The abyss. You know, you've got the continental shelf. That's where the ocean was before the flood. It was the abyss. Now it's filled up a little more and it's you got your continental shelf. You can look on Google Maps and you can see it. Plain as day. <laughs> but the abyss is the depths of the sea. It's where it takes you. The lust are like the current of the river that carry you. He gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their flesh or their heart. <clears throat> when God gives someone up to uncleanness through the lust of their heart, it's the last and only hope for their soul. Now you think I'm, you, that sounds strange to you because we've said God gave them up and God gave them up. And you got in your mind that God's just said, I'm finished with them, I'm done with them, that's it. They can just go on and end up in hell. <coughs> that's not God's heart. Not even here. No. When God gives them up, when God withdraws his influence, when God just turns his back, He's not giving them up on their soul. He's not giving up on their soul. You know, when a person has reached a certain degree of corruption, he can only be cured by the excess of his own corruption. Yeah. I mean, you got to get to the bottom before you look. You've all heard that saying, haven't you? you got to hit rock bottom before you ever look up. We've all seen it true in people's lives. Some of us, it's us. We know it was true got to get to the bottom. Don't you know that's how it is? Listen to me. It's the only means left of producing what all else has failed to do in this hardened heart. You all understand that? He's the light of every man that cometh into the world. I mean, God speaks to every person. God draws them. And they resist. And they resist. Until, what's God going to do? Just spend the rest of their life pleading and drawing and being good to them and waiting on them. And, well, no, there's something God does. He turns loose. And we don't get it. You know, how long do we have that God will just be patient and just keep dealing with us and drawing us? I believe it's shorter than we think it is. Because I think about this, and I've watched for 40-some years here people in church, and, and I believe it happens pretty quick. Yes. I mean, I've seen people sit in the pew with eyes on the preacher and their Bible open and listening and even right. saying amen, and then I see them go silent and close their Bible and start missing, and then pretty soon they're out. Yep. 
And then you can't talk to them anymore. Right. And it's just this is just exactly what's happened to them. Right. And I've seen some of those finally <laughs> come to themselves. At a certain point, the father of the prodigal will just let him go. And give him even give him his portion of the goods and say, Okay. You go your own way. Have it your way. That's what God does. And it's the only hope left for them. If they don't come to themselves here, they're a goner. It's dangerous. You better believe it. But all else has failed. All the prayers, all the preaching, all the influence, all the loved ones, all everything has been wasted on them so far. What's left? <coughs> well, they said, we want flesh to eat. God gave it to them. He gave them the desire of their heart, but sent leanness into their soul. They ate it till it ran out their nostrils. <laughs> they wanted it. God gave it to them. We're going to die thirst. God gave them the water. God gave them the manna. God gave them the flesh. You demand it. God's not going to forcefully stop you. And when you resist Him and resist Him and resist Him, and people need to learn this. Parents have to learn it with their own children. You have to get to a point where you realize, okay. Even though you know, you may know they're going to trouble. I've had to do it a number of times. I had six kids, and most of them have been that way. So, the lust of the heart, left without any checks, will degrade a person and leave him in dishonor, like the prodigal in the pig pen, with no friends and nothing to eat but the slop that they fed the hogs. That's degraded. That's dishonored. He did it to God. He did it to his father. That's his turn. When God gives them up and gives them over, that's what happens every time. There's no such thing as living in sin in honor. Not for long. It leads to dishonor and degradation. <clears throat> what does it say? I mean, the verse that we read... Uh, let me go back to it here. He gave them up to the uncleanness, to uncleanness through the lust of their own flesh to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So that's what they reaped. This is what happens to a man who dishonors and degrades God and lives according to his lusts. He reaps what he sows. And it's this is not a study in what's happened in some past generation, as I said at the beginning. It's the road map for every person who turns away from God. And we all know people, and we all have family and loved ones who are at some point along this road right now. Do you? Oh, yeah. But just because God has given them up to uncleanness and vile affections and even a reprobate mind does not mean that God has given up on their soul. 
we've kind of misunderstood this, I think. We've been taught by, and I've heard preachers preach, boy, you get that reprobate mind, you're a goner. That's it, buddy. God done with you. You're going to hell. <clears throat> I don't believe that's right at all. If anybody had a reprobate mind, that maniac in Mark chapter 5 did. He was a goner until Jesus came. Right. Amen. That's right. And just a few minutes later, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. God don't give up on your soul. He may give you up to uncleanness. Give you up to your vile affections. Give you up to a reprobate mind. A mind that's, that functions without any influence from God. We all were without God and without hope right. in this world. Right. I lived a long time without God having any influence on my mind. Right. You did too. Yep. It ain't that way now. My mind has been renewed. I've been renewed in the spirit of my mind. The life of it is different now. Yes. Thank you, Lord. But a lot of times, you gotta. You, it's like their chemotherapy. It almost sin has to almost kill you before you come to yourself. It has to almost kill you before you can kill it. You understand? That's what this is about. This is what happens. He is able, wherefore, He is able to save them to the uttermost that come to Him. Yeah. <laughs> There's a line where God stops talking to you. But that don't mean that God's given up on your soul or that there's no hope for you. Because your sin is going to bring you to a place somewhere down the road where you're going to look up. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. I've seen it happen over and over and over. You won't listen to God. You'll listen to the pain of your heart. You'll listen to the loss of your life and everything that it amounted to. When you are gutted, when your soul is gutted with your sin, you'll be listening again. You'll be looking for that voice. You'll be a crying out to God like David did. Oh God, <laughs> hear my cry. Amen. Just don't give up on people no matter how low they go because God don't. Is realize God gives them up to uncleanness and to vile affections and to a reprobate mind. But he's still not willing that they should perish. But he's he would have all men to be saved. Read it this morning. Yeah. All men. That's God's heart. And that's what God will do when they look to him. Just need to be there. There needs to be somebody there with a life preserver to throw out. Somebody with a rope to throw out there when they're floating down the river and they're drifting away. Somebody needs to be there to reach out. How many people you think there are around here? It's just about to go.
to the abyss. I think about it every time I read about some young person around here, or even an old person that's lost it. I think, my goodness, right within our reach. And they fell off into hell. We need to be about God's business. And we need to have our own heart right. We need to make a difference between the clean and the unclean, the holy and the profane. And we need to stay close to God and honor God and not dishonor Him. And we need to worship Him as God. Amen. Amen. Father, thank You for the Word of God. I pray You'd help us to remember these things. This is an important truth here that we need to make part of our reasoning about everything. This is a foundational thing. Pray you'd help us to keep it now in Jesus' name. Amen.